0: And in a certain way, it's true. I think it's true. I really think it's true. It goes with you know the concept of chole and I use this with them. It's a longish concept, but it works very very well for me. That this I've been to all the gadolim, discuss with them. How do you know if a child's behavior is caused by ros or chole The kids an The kids balkas. Well, what's the cause? Is it chole you know they're, they're yeah. emotionally not well, mm-hmm. and they're imp- they're exploiting bad midas because they're not well, or is it is it because of midas Ross? How do I know which one it is? I have to finish. Oh really? You're kidding. Oh my gosh. Ask the island. Oh my gosh. Want to, <laughs> oh, to relocate? I didn't only book it that I'm sorry. Um, what should we do? I've got. Uh, yeah yeah you know what you know what? I'll tell you what I do I think it's better frankly I think it's better if I finish up what I'm doing not do everything yet and we're gonna have to do this again I think it's silly to rush I mean frankly there's so much more I'm not taking any questions there must be you know with me process should I try and rush it no, no, no. oh fine if that's what, if that's what we do far yeah okay ok so should we, should we go on for another 10 minutes we got yeah, another 10 minutes right, we got to 11, then we'll 11, 11, 11, 11 12, 12. fine ok so in the accountability and responsibility this is the chiddush it's nishnah you're not responsible for what happened to you that's pashat but because you were traumatized and a chayla you're not accountable for what you did as well that's an extension and it's very crucial for the kid. And I think it's true. You've got a kid under 20 who gets traumatized. It, the abuse interferes with their sexual development, their personal development, and then they act out. I'm willing to say that, misad you're not accountable for that. But what I can switch to is saying, but you are responsible. You are responsible. So, Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't say you can do whatever you want till you're 20 and then say, OK, let me do Tshuva. Now we're fine. Yeah, no, so that's another Mahalach I was about to say. I'm sorry. And the other Mahalach was, if I'd done this, Meshkech wasn't so happy with me. I want to say, honest <coughs> I want to say, a kid who's abused, to me is passionate. I've had this out with many good Oh I, I discussed this with Baron Leib. He was fully with me on this. Fully with me that I tinned that if a kid who's been abused, you, he's traumatized, is a chayla. That's a chayla. Why is that not a chayla? That's partial chayla. And if he's a chayla, then his behavior is beget honest. Because a chayla who doesn't do or does wrong is beget honest. For honest, Rahman To me, it's partial. I wanted to use that. Mashkiach felt it was too broad. He was not comfortable with me having such a broad statement. He was okay with the 20. He, you know, Okay, let's okay. Okay, see? Yeah. Oh, good Look at that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So the kid has to know this. I just want you to understand, in treatment. We're talking about treatment. It's a, an, a raw of a rabbit, so you have to be part of a treatment process. You have to understand. Let me, one second. One second. Can I get your attention a second? I know this is we're gonna. I'm gonna lose him in the lamdas here. You know. What I'm okay. Then, then just stay with me for a moment. If this, see if you agree. But it's like this. A ki- our kids in our Haredisha world, a chalik of their abuse and their trauma is because I'm a from kid. You understand? That's a chalik. My whole ashkofism values, you took my family, my life, my culture, my shmirza mitzvahs, you took it from me. A chalik of the abuse is gufa, our life. So until we find a way to repair some relationship, they may not become Haredi but they will. Be, I can get back shabbos times I can get back the basic and That's very, very workable with the family of origin. That I can get back, and I hope that's a chiv in the treatment. I'm not makarv here. I'm talking about mental health. In the chelik of the mental health treatment, they have to recover what they lost. Not just dignity, not just self-esteem, oh, but the culture, the ability to be part of their family system and go to simchas and, and, and be part of it and accept it and when they'll make a simcha, and they'll have a bris, and they'll have a kiddush, and they'll have a uh, shavarach, that, to be part of that is a chelik of treatment. It's not just kirov here. I, for, in, in I have to separate, so I go with in the sukkah of accountability, you're a chayla. So some of them I'll say, On by the way, a lot of these kids learn to yeshivas. They love this. You have no clue. This actually is like they love this conversation. Nice. No, they much love this conversation because it's real to them and it feels authentic. Do you understand? It feels like they can. It's the first piece of Torah they can actually relate to, and it makes them feel part of it. It makes them feel part of our sugya. Mm-hmm. I tell him, if a guy has, unfortunately, you know, got a loose stomach, is he allowed to put tfilin on? While well, he's got a loose stomach. The answer is, no, why not? Because honest rachmanipatri, he's <laughs> honest. Can't put it on. Why want to be in this in the future also? Oh, begin? that's responsibilities. That's what I say. That's the question. Understand say I'm, I'm responsibility? No, no, because they don't want you. Have to understand this. They could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you can't. Here's the, no, no, good, good, good. Yeah. They break the same thing. Yeah. By the way, a kid will say the same thing to me. That is exactly what a kid will say to me. They're scared, and what I'll show them is that question in them comes from a terrifying fear that I can't heal them. They desperately want to be healed. There's no such thing as a kid who wants to continue this behavior. There's mm-hmm. nish no azach. No such thing. None. Everything they're doing and it looks like they, you know, they're like, you know, making old sugi out of it. It's all because they've not been treated and we've not reached mm-hmm. them in their inner workings every one of them wants back and they want to give this up. You know that, you can say the first thing. You tell them you're not accountable for the past, you're responsible for the future. Yep. And they repeat it three more times. Yep. You tell them you're not accountable for the past, but you're responsible for the future. You're responsible to... to three times, get you say the same thing. Good, 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 good. We're all... No, it doesn't. I'll tell you why. Because okay. they're responsible to get into treatment. And treatment is not an event, it's a process. That's the answer. I tell them all, your treatment may take three years. Mm-hmm. And I can't guarantee you're not going to repeat. And if you are, and we know about it... Then we've got to do something about that. And I do very often. They they want out. Let me tell you, it doesn't happen when they get back in treatment. If they fall again, many of them will go and tell their parents and they'll ask for help. They'll want how they don't want to repeat. They know what happened to them. Once they engage treatment and the honesty comes out, it's extremely rare if they're in treatment, they're going to repeat. It is common, by the way, I want to say this if a kid is in treatment against his will with someone who doesn't know how to treat, you can be sure they're repeating. They're for sure repeating. Absolutely. But when a kid gets in treatment with someone who chaps the sugya, and they know they chaps the sugya, and they want to be there, they will not repeat while they're in treatment. They won't do it. So the treatment process the treatment process is to split accountability and responsibility. And that's so helpful when a rob can look or a Robinson can look a child in the eye and say to them, You're not accountable for what happened to you because you're traumatized. you are responsible to work on yourself and stay in treatment and get help and come talk to me and come talk to me every time and call me up before you want to do it and tell me Rabbi I want to do it I want to do it, stop me by the way in AA and NA and and GNSA they have, everyone has a sponsor and you call up your sponsor before you act out and I try to get a Rav a Tom Chochem a Reviton like to be a sponsor and it's unbelievable. A kid will call you up and say, Rabbi, I want to do it. I feel it. You say, come over. Let's talk. Or you schmooze them on the phone and say, wow, you called. That's amazing. And you get them over that moment and you help them. It's a process. Treatment's a process. Treatment is never an event. It's two three years. Now I want to address one other issue. So what's the responsibility? Two things. To get into and stay in treatment and not to repeat. That's your responsibility. That's what I tell them. That's your responsibility. That you're responsible for. You can say you're honest and everything else. I'll be responsible to fight yourself not to repeat, and you're responsible to stay in treatment until you're 100% confident this can happen again, and you can live a normal life. That's your responsibility. And that they can buy into, and, and that's, an that's a non function treatment. That's cure. That's It's a whole different model. The villains are victims, as you can see. That's the model I use, and I find it's incredibly helpful. And so, one of these two shdiklach, it's either until they're 20 or honest rachman. I prefer honest rachman and patrick Personally, I prefer that. The kids, I tell them, you know, when they send me and they say, they're talking about you. and nefesh. I tell them, that's, they put you first. They put you first. You need refurs and nefesh. What do you think they're talking about? Who do you think they mean? They mean you. We care about you. They might not realize they mean you. but they mean you. Okay. Let me talk about C. The Address the fear of homosexuality. Like I told you, the poor boys who get abused, this is very important to know this, they... I'm not going to say they will, I can't say they all, but it's extremely common that the abuse is that they don't have this disgust towards male sexuality, which is devastating beyond devastating. When do they get caught, typically? They're in high school, masifta, this is when they get caught. And they act out with another kid. They're viewed as the aggressor, because they approached a younger kid in high school masifta, in a dormitory usually, and they get thrown out and humiliated. And they basically, their life is over, they're, you know, uh, uh, and they get thrown out and they get destroyed. Which is, you know. Now, I tell the kids, when, when the schools that I work with, that will call me and say, we have, what do we do? And I say, what you do is you don't throw them out. You tell them, I can't keep you at the moment till I know everyone's safe. That's partial. But I ask the Rebbe to come to me with the kid together and let's talk this over because the kid will understand he's not safe and we want you to be safe again we want you back in we want you you're part of us but we also know it's abusive to you to let you stay in a dorm because you're going to act out again until you get treatment so we reframe it that it's never khas for and sure. we toss you out you're a bad kid and now what stop him doing it? Like what are we thinking? He's just going to do it to more kids. we will go off the dirt and hurt more people. It doesn't do anything. There's no therapeutic thing happened there. So the therapeutic intervention is to say we can't keep you because it's not fair to you. It's not fair to the other kids. But it's not fair to you either. Once they come into treatment we have to address the issue of homosexuality because they're convinced they're homosexual. Or at least they have a shtagosophic. Why not? Your kids interest in other boys. So this is devastating. It's enough reason to push a kid off the derek, or at least to affect his whole life. I have many, many kids like this, who they approach Shaduchim years, they'll become psychotic. You know, which is tricky, because 1920 is when people have psychotic break anyway. So it's a little tricky to know, is it just a regular 1920 psychotic break, or is it this? I feel them out usually, they're not really psychotic, they're sort of psychotic. And what's happening to the kid is he's approaching Shaduchim age. That's these ones. Can you what you mean by psychotic? Um, oh, psychotic means a detachment from reality. Regular normal mental cases like all of us have depression and anxiety. You know, we have our regular problems that make life difficult, you know, and occasionally we're angsert some miserable. That's neurosis. You know, neurosis it interferes with our life sometimes. Of course, present company excluded, but you know, whatever it is, you know, that's neurosis. Psychosis, the hallmark, is two qualities, auditory and or visual hallucinations. There's a separation from reality. You see or hear voices, people, things that don't exist. I have people in my office who keep looking at the window, and I ask them, what are you looking at the window for? And they say, why is that guy looking at me? I know this guy does not belong in therapy. This is a medical issue. He needs medication. This is you can't talk someone out of that. It's psychotic. Guy decided he has AIDS. I said, "How do you know you have AIDS?" He says, "Look, he comes over. You see all the red dots on my hand? There's no red dots on his hand. See all these red dots? I go, he doesn't do with AIDS. I have no idea, but he's got red dots." I have a guy who sits there having a conversation with the rubber plant on the table next to me. That's psychotic. Okay, it's a different thing, okay, it's a medical disorder, now people with these problems start displaying psychotic type behaviors detachment from reality the, pe- the parents get very freaked out their friends will be very freaked out what's going on, it's a classic and it's not what is typically thought to be psychosis that occurs at the end of teenage years in many people you know, Yeah, if there's a history in the family of psychosis, then yeah, it probably is just that. But what it commonly is, is a molestation victim. No one ever knew about it. He'd never talked about it. May not repeat it. May not repeat it ever. But knows he has a strong sexual desire for men. And now he's approaching Shadukim age, and he's done. And that psychotic experience... That falling apart mentally experience is actually another product of early sexual abuse, which took from him the the steerer to male sexuality, and he has no clue how he's going to get married. How's he going to get married? He likes men. So he, he becomes psychotic. Is his way out. And that's almost always. Now, how do we treat him? One of the, I just want you to know that these kind of boys, they have almost always... They always have. I have one case ever. I have one case ever with a trauma treatment. A case that was so intense. He was traumatized. He was, this boy was raped and sodomized for over a seven year period by two neighbors. This boy. From seven, seven to 14, 15, he was raped and sodomized regularly by two boys next door. He had no Tivus notion. Prior to me, he'd been through 17 treatment facilities. Therapists, hospitals, clinics, behaviorists, you know, interpsychic, everything. He'd been through every program there was. His Rosh Hashiva, oddly enough, he had a relationship with one of the -the off-the-day Rosh Hashivas in Israel. And his Rosh Hashiva called me and begged me to take the case. Begged me to take the case. I told him I have no clue how to do it. But Lamais, I did take the case. He forced me, basically, twisted my arm, and I took the case. And the case took about three years. This boy had no female reaction whatsoever. In previous therapies to mine, had done things I personally wouldn't do, but in previous therapies, they'd exposed him to female pornography, to which he had no reaction. He had no reaction to the female whatsoever. And he was actively acting out homosexual. He was cruising the streets and having relationships, random. As a matter of fact, he was using the Garden State Parkway rest stop near Lakewood for picking up men regularly and having random sex with men. That's when I got the case. The guy got married recently. It was about a three-year treatment, and he got married. It was incredibly dramatic treatment. And he got married, and he got it back, and he's doing okay. That's the only case I've had where I worked with a man who had gone through sexual abuse and had no female reaction whatsoever. It's gone. Wiped out. Wiped clean. Literally wiped clean. He had to learn to get it back. In the regular cases, they have tibus noshim. They definitely do. They just also have tibus ham notion Or at least not amenity against it. And they feel it every now and again. They go to base madrash. The guy goes to shore, and he knows he's in the Sarkana. He doesn't know what to do with himself, and he doesn't in a certain way he has an t- more towards men because that's his only experience still now than towards women and he can't imagine how he's going to get married the, the issue of homosexuality has to be addressed and so part of it is addressed through the things I've explained to you where I help him understand what happened to him and indeed he's not a homosexual this was just taken from him he's a fully regular heterosexual man who doesn't have the mania against this that but in addition to that, I do a clever little trick with them. And just as an example, and it's very, very helpful. And I learned this from a guy years ago. One of my clients told me a story, and then I used it afterwards. It was fabulous. This boy came in who I was working with, thrown out of his yeshiva, embarrassed the whole works. And um, then he told me a story that happened to him. And he, he was came in one day, he was beside himself with joy. Crying, happy, couldn't wait to tell me what had happened. And what had happened was his parents had gone away to a Yachikala, to a hotel. And they went, he went with. The children went with. They'd gone for a week to some Yachikala. And they stayed, the family stayed in the hotel. And he said, when he came into the hotel, he noticed a boy, another Bacha, that he had feelings for. He noticed he had feelings for this boy. And it bothered him terribly. He was wondering what he was going to do with himself. Like nighttime, he had his own room. Like, what's he going to do? Are well, you go find that boy and get him into his room? He was terrified. But then he told me a fascinating thing happened. That when they went to their rooms, there was, in that same corridor, there were families. And there was a girl, like a Bessiakov girl, in a room just down from his corridor. And he said to me, all night long, he was fantasizing about her, not him. And he came and told me this story, crying with such joy that he discovered that actually has stronger feelings where they belong, which I told him all along. He simply had never, now I'm not suggesting we set that up, obviously. <laughs> but here's what I do. Since I learned that, so it was such a touching, touching story. Nothing, no one did anything wrong. It was just a touching story of recovery that was so beautiful. I've exploited that story now. I tell this story over to boys. I tell them, I want to tell you a story. And I asked them then, I tell them about his story, and then I asked the Bacha, if you were this boy in the room, and you had the boy that you fancied in the lobby on one side of your door, and you had the girl on the other side, which one would you fantasize about tonight? Which one do you think? And it's uncanny that they always say the girl. And the... You know, there's, there's a way to address it without doing anything perverted, or anything wrong, or anything, you know, getting to go out with a girl, or, they, they don't need any of that. There's, you strengthen the good inside them, and the point is to help them see you're still part of us. You still belong in our world. You have an isoyan be a part of our world. So, you have to address with them this issue of homosexuality to convince them that even though you have no mania and you may have a typo, but that was taken from you, that's not a homosexual. That's not being a homosexual. That's not this at all. And it's not so difficult to bring out a story like that to help them see it. Okay. By the way, this is still gonna take a while. I, uh, okay, we'll we need see. The number 11. What? The number one. Um, no, because PTSD is too important. Okay, this, you need your pen. I didn't write it down. I don't know why. PTSD stands for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. PTSD is what sexual abuse victims suffer with. They have PTSD. They have been traumatized. So they have Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Now, aside from all the other Taurus and all the other problems, and all the other difficulties they have, They also have PTSD, and PTSD causes them to react traumatically in all sorts of weird situations and crazy, crazy circumstances where they act crazy and no one knows why. If you see a kid who's, you know, they're they're acting crazy in a situation that doesn't demand it or suggest it, In in sexual abuse, this is what they have. By the way, it's one of the reasons that when there was a Someone victimized them is still in the neighborhood, is still in the yeshiva, is still around. You can't let that be unless the person's willing to face them and apologize. They can't be near each other, because what happens is the mere presence of the abuser in the in the life world of the abused re-traumatizes them. So you're going home with treatment, and then it all falls apart, and all the trauma comes back. In PTSD, the hallmark of PTSD, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of American Psychiatric Association, DSM-IV, says these following words. By the way, one of the people on the panel who wrote these words is a Frumi You'll see why, because it's like the Lombard is so precise. The Lombard says like this, a person with PTSD, I'm going to say it once fast, and then I'll repeat it if you want, the, the, the lambdas is like this, a person will, who has PTSD, will have a severe psychological reaction to internal or external cues that symbolize or resemble an aspect of the original trauma. I'll do it again. They will have a severe psychological reaction. That means they go nuts. At exposure to internal or external cues that symbolize or resemble an aspect of the original trauma. Which is an awful lot of things in their life. Because the the trauma can be associated with a host of different circumstances, places. I have kids who will tell me they can't go into that building. They don't know why. They can't go into that building. Because that building looks like the building in which they were molested. So that building, they don't go into. The kids who will not speak to certain types of people who look like or sound like the person who abused them. They have bizarre behaviors of exclusionary things. They don't go near, and if they're forced to go near it, they go crazy. You find little kids that go nuts, so nuts. Their behavior is crazy in class. When you try to get them to do something, behave a certain way, sit in certain, you sit in that chair. And it turns out that chair is next to the brother of the boy who molested him, who's four years older than him. And sitting to him reminds him of him, so he says no to his rabbi. And the rabbi says, you sit there and be quiet. And he says no and starts screaming. And then he gets thrown out as a defiant kid, and gets in heaps and worlds of trouble for being defiant, and all that happened was PTSD. He had a severe psychological reaction to an external cue, the brother, that symbolized or resembles an aspect of the original trauma that was his brother. If you think this sugya is difficult till now, now it gets really hard. Once you understand PTSD, the sugya takes off and becomes really hard. Because, I know, I know, I'm driving you crazy, I'm so sorry. But I, listen, what I... What I want you to have, as I said at the outset, I didn't fool myself. I wasn't fooling myself. I said I wanted you to have information. Understand the sugya. Sit with it for a few weeks. I don't mind coming back. And we'll do this again with working out. So now what do we do? How do we take this? But I think it takes time to sit with this truth and realize how huge this is. PTSD alone accounts for so much aberrant behavior. I can tell you in my office, almost everyone I work with is suffering with some level of PTSD. And most people deny the existence of it. Yes, yeah, it's rubbish. What are your PTSD? Yeah, you're just not being nice. The kid has to stolt so. A kid has to know, I don't care about your PTSD. He has to know that he's got to sit. If I come to message, he's got to sit there. What are you talking about? The kid is fully experiencing trauma at that moment. There is no way you are going to make him sit in that seat, and if you do, you've just re-traumatized him. Which means like this, when you know, this is where it's really terrible, till now you may have liked me, now you're definitely not going to like me, because I'm going to make the so impossible. Because you have to realize, if you now know the three kids on average in your class are these victims, So now you're walking around feeling, I can't say a word to him because anything I say, I may be triggering trauma. Well, get get used to it. That's true. What we're going to do with that will work out. I'm not saying let's give up. I'm simply saying the truth, as it is in your class. That's the facts. Uh, Internal or external cues that symbolize or resemble an aspect of the original trauma. I've watched people react to trauma based on a smell, a sound, a sound, a noise, I mean you can't imagine uh, an aspect of it what's happening I'll just say uh, the, the longness of it the trauma is locked up inside a person you know why we trauma victims are meant to Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the ability to protect ourselves from future trauma so Kaddish Baruch Hu programmed us that we pick up our antenna pick up cues that it might be happening again and we're meant to react to it, not to let it happen again. That's all it is. It's not something scary. It's a gift. The problem is, if you don't know about the trauma, if the kid doesn't even know about his own trauma... And he starts acting out in front of you, wacky, except now all of you here are now going to know that when you see something so bizarre in the back of your head, let go, let go with the chair. When you see a reaction, that severe psychological reaction to whatever seems to be happening that makes no sense, say to yourself, trauma, I'll fight another day, stop fighting about the chair. And then afterwards you process what's happening you can't not evoke it but you can not continue evoking it you can't not evoke it it's not possible I evoke it and kids I talk to I see them fully traumatized in front of me they go nuts because I start opening up the subject girls come to my office in my office I have my chair I have a door behind me I have a door over there where they come in and I have a couch here and a couch here all trauma victims, first time for weeks or months, come into my office and sit on the arm of that couch by the door. It's a dead giveaway. May as well walk in with a sign. I'm a trauma victim. They all walk in. No one with trauma ever moves they never move on the other couch. By me is Pasha Bodhakumunusa. Someone sits on the other couch, they're not a trauma victim. I don't know what it is, but it's not trauma. But anyone traumatized is going to come in a room with a man, privately, with a person, when they've been traumatized, they're going to sit on the arm of the couch right by the door, sideways. And that's where they'll conduct the session. And eventually, I help them see it. And when I talk about it, the terror in their face. When I mention, I harp.